Let's go to our Monday expert feature now. We're all on our best behaviour, so I won't tell you what that last song was about. Senior Sergeant Nathan Snell has been a police officer for close to a decade, and he's just starting a new role as the Road Policing Service Team Leader for the Nelson Bays area, and he has volunteered to come in and answer any questions you might have about the police today for our expert segment. Nathan Snell, hello there. Good afternoon, Jesse. How are you? Yeah, good. Nice to talk to you. You've got a policeman's voice, I've got to say. I mean that as a compliment. There's just something reassuring about it already. Tell me, did you always know you were going to be a police officer? Uh, no, not at all. Um, after after high school, I was kind of at a bit of a crossroads and didn't quite know what I uh, wanted to do. I initially looked at going into the Navy, um, but uh, after a an early injury in training there... Um, I joined the Coast Guard and was there full-time for a year or so and then um, decided that I wanted to – I had some friends that worked for police and I had some family friends growing up, so joined uh, joined the police in our communication centre and then eventually um, decided that I wanted to be on the other side and on the street, so became a cop. Gee, Navy, Coast Guard, police, you obviously knew you wanted to serve the community in some way. Yeah, it's something I've I've certainly enjoyed. I've enjoyed giving back um, in some way, shape, or form. Um, I still still do a lot of uh, volunteering with um, Coast Guard and Surf Life Saving. So, yeah, it's it's certainly something that uh, has has formed a big part of my life. So, when you were doing communi- communications for the police, did you have to do the you know police training college, all that sort of fitness, physical stuff to do that, or is that something you do once you've actually um, taking the next step to go front line? Um, now, most of our communications staff are, uh, are not police officers, um, which, you know, they're, they're the experts at, at what they do. Um, Sorry, at, I said communications. Time, I meant the emergency operating that you were doing, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, those, those communications centre staff where I was working, um, they're not, you know, sworn police staff. Right. So it... They're, they're the experts in that field. Um, at the time, I was uh, we were located quite close to McDonald's, uh, so it was it was a bit of an effort for me to to get my fitness up to where it needed to be <laughs> when I did decide to go sworn. Yeah. Um, I had so to, what happens then? And... Do you book in for a for a sort of a module at the um, police training college? Yeah. So uh, I mean, in terms of the fitness side of thing, that was a, a whole lot of hard graft on on my. On my end, but um, in terms of joining the the police as a as a police officer, it was um, just like anyone else goes through the process. Um, there's a whole lot of uh, vetting and interviews and all of that kind of stuff. And part of the the process is is fitness testing. So um, fortunately, I was alright with the swim swim test side of things, but uh, the run and the push ups uh, needed a little bit of effort on my part. I'm getting some good questions through, so as always in our expert segment, I'll um I'll mix in my questions with those coming in from uh, listeners. Paul wants to know why don't police police people not keeping left on motorways, <laughs> and I guess that's a question about priorities and and how you choose what you're going to enforce and 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 um I guess um, stop people for. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, we know that the the biggest contributors to our, our death and serious injury crashes um, are what police refer to as, as RIDs. So that's your restraints, um, impairments, distractions, and speed. Um, so those are the things that we, we look at 
um, the hardest. Those are all things that are that are choices that people make, um, you know, to speed or not wear their seatbelt, drive whilst intoxicated, etc. Um, but certainly, those other things is something that we we do look at. Um, but as as you touched on it, it comes down to what we have time um, and the ability to look at. Um, I know it certainly causes uh, myself annoyance and a lot of other New Zealanders when people aren't moving left or you know they're not being um, considerate when they're driving. So it is something that um, that does get targeted, but those those other areas are our our you know the the higher level of what we target because they do result in in more of that social harm. Um, and harm okay. to, to New Zealanders. Someone else asks, when you see unlawful behaviour that's non-urgent technically, like guys doing wheelies on motorbikes down the street, who do you call? Not 111, but it seems like by the time you've made an internet complaint, they've long gone. Yep, um, and that can often be certainly a frustration. Um, 105 is the police non-emergency number. And on the topic of dirt bikes, we actually had a really cool um, success here in Nelson last week where we put out a, a public appeal for some information um, got a huge amount of community engagement which we're hugely grateful for uh, and we were able to arrest someone and charge them in relation to quite a number of um, dirt bike related incidents that we could link back to them through the public's help so just because we may not be able to get some someone to whatever the incident is straight away. It doesn't mean we don't want to know. It doesn't mean we aren't taking it seriously and dealing with it in the future. i um, just got a request from my technical operator. Can you just see where your microphone is in relation to your mouth? We're getting quite a bit of um, sort of wind noise, um, popping noise. I don't know if you can move it a little bit further away from your mouth. Is that possible, Nathan? Yep. How's that? Is yeah, that that's better? much better. Thank you. So tell me about life at police college. It's a few years ago since uh, since I was there, um, but you know I get back there every so often, uh, and it's something that I really enjoy uh, now that I've been in a few years going back, because I see the enthusiasm um, and the energy with the with the new people coming through. Uh, it's just people wanting to to get out there and and be part of their communities, help their communities. So that kind of re-energizes me when I get to go back. Um, in terms of that initial training, um, it covers a huge variety of things. There's obviously the driving stuff, um, so we're, we're, we're equipped to, to be driving uh, safely. Um, there's the tactical options side of things, so that's using our handcuffs and, and those kind of things. Um, but along with how we te- speak to people, how we deal with victims, how we interview people effectively, how we um do everything that you need to know to be a cop really um there's a lot of stuff more and more so because it's something that we deal with so frequently uh dealing with family harm uh, and mental health and how we can be better at uh, reacting in that space when you looked around at your fellow trainees was it quite a mix of people, a um, mix of people who were doing this as their first career and others have come to it later in life? Absolutely. I think, uh, and we're, again, we're going back, I think the youngest on my wing was about 19 and the oldest, I think, was 52. Um, and having that that broad range um, 
was fantastic, not only in at police college, but going forward because there were so many different life experiences. We had police officers who were rejoining from overseas. We had people that were, you know, second, third careers, um, and a, again, a huge background. So we could pull on that experience to to develop us into, you know, into all being better at what uh, we wanted to do. Can you take us through a, um, a typical day on the job? Well, I don't think there is such a thing as a typical day on the job, which is one of the one of the attractions to it. Um, so for me, I'm a little more office based these days. But I think when most people think of a cop, they're thinking of the uh, the cop on the on the street who's responding to those one 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 calls, um, and that's. Again, it's you never quite know what uh, what's going to come up day to day. Um, one day that may be uh, walking the beat, doing public reassurance type stuff. Um, the other day it might be back to back family harm, where you're you know you're you're going into people's homes and helping them with with really complex issues um, that that they. You know they've they've found themselves in, and, and it's never a simple thing. Um, the the incident that we may be attending may be, hey, we've started this argument over something what might seem trivial, but there's usually something behind it, um, and it's the officer's job to go, hey, why has this come to such a head that police have been called, and is there things that we can do um, to to kind of look a bit deeper and address that that initial cause of, of what's been happening. Um, again, from there, it could be dealing from with something like that. We could be going to crashes. We could be, be going to burglaries. Um, it's one of the exciting things about the job is, is that you're constantly going to these different things. Um, and your energy and, and the energy that is expected of you um, could go from zero to a hundred and back to zero very quickly. Uh, you know, you might be dealing with a high stress situation, but the next thing you have to do is, you know, on the the horrible end of things, is advise relatives that someone they know has passed away. So that obviously requires a very different um, approach to maybe a an armed offender or something. Yeah, you, know, you get that, trained that to higher, do that. You get tra- trained with the wording of a message like that. Um, some of that's yeah. Certainly, we, we we're put through a lot of um, a lot of training, and we we gain a lot from working alongside more experienced staff as well. Mm. Um, and it's why one of the benefits of having people with life experience come through is you pull on those experiences, yeah. um, and you'll always have someone that's that's better at it um, than others. And you know, I think in police we're we're good at um, at doing the team thing, where we we play to each other's strengths um, and support each other, where some of us may not be so strong. 
um, talking to Senior Sergeant Nathan Snell. Uh, he's our expert talking about the police today and invite your questions on any aspect of police work. Um, speaking of those who serve the public, uh, from our news team, just through nurses, midwives and healthcare assistants employed by Te Whato Ora have voted to accept an historic pay equity settlement that will net some up to $28,000 in lump sums and back pay. We'll have the news on that for you at 3pm today. Um, Nathan, can you talk to us about a day on the job in the patrol car? Do you do you just arrive at work, get in the car and drive around until you get a call, or how's it usually organised? Um, I guess in the simplest terms, yes. There's arrive at work and everyone will get make sure they're kitted up, that their equipment's in, in good working order, that the equipment that we may need... Um, if you know something serious happens, is is serviceable, is is ready to go. Um, load all that kind of stuff into the vehicles, and then the teams will have a generally have a lineup or a meeting at the start of the shift. Um, they'll go over what's been happening in the previous time period. They'll look at anyone that's might be of danger um, or a higher risk um, in that area that. You know the team need to be on the on the lookout for potentially anything that's that's still hanging over staff um, from previous shifts. They might have paperwork, etc., that they need to catch up on. Um, and then, ideally, then we push our staff out onto the streets um, because we can't prevent stuff um, if we're sitting in a station. So having our staff out on the road um, patrolling and you know, engaging with our communities is is good both for our communities. They can see us out there, um, but it prevents um, crime as well. So that's, yeah, ideally we have our staff out there as much as we possibly can. Is it like US TV shows that you have a partner um, for all the work that you do, that you're assigned to? We don't have the accent. So, so not quite that, uh, yeah. like that. And, we, and our cars, are, you know, our steering wheels are on the other side. But yeah, most of our frontline teams um, will will crew will go around with um, with two people. Uh, the benefit that, for that is is first of all safety, um, but you get two per, points of view in the car. Um, you, you're going to these these people, and and they can bounce ideas off each other. Mm. Um, do those risk assessments for so, for so same person safety. each day? Like, so are, you, are you paired for for the for a while for the year, or or just whoever happens to be on with you that that day? It depends on um, on the team. It depends on the the supervisor how they kind of run their team. Oh yeah. Um, in my experience, it's it's generally been it, it gets shifted up around, mm-hmm. um, you know, through throughout the the working week. Um, so you get to work with different people. You get to build those different relationships yeah, great. Um, within your team. And the benefit to that is, um, you know, you, you learn how each of your team operates and, you know, you, you can be effective no matter who you're working with. Someone wants to know what happened to community policing. Community policing uh, is... I. I I think they mean community community constables. We used to used to be quite a high high profile sort of a um, role. Do do they still have them? Yeah, we certainly do have community teams, uh, neighbourhood teams, um, and they're right around the country. Um, They're doing lots of work throughout um, 
throughout the country and, and do, they do some really cool stuff. Um, in terms of like some of the smaller police stations, uh, those not being so, so prominent anymore, um, that kind of comes down to the approach that we have our staff out on the road. Um, it's, it's more important for us to be out on the road than having someone sit sitting in a, a community police station as such, mm-hmm. twiddling their thumbs, waiting for someone to um, come and report something. You know, we've got uh, 105 or online, as, as we mentioned before, that we've got trained people there that, to be perfectly honest, are a lot quicker uh, and more effective at um, getting those reports in and to where they need to be than having someone sitting in an office waiting yeah, for, for that sense. person. So, yeah, there's there's less of those um, smaller stations, but we've got more people out on the road um, actively in the community. When you're heading somewhere in the police car, how do you decide whether to put the siren on? So we've got a risk assessment tool uh, that we use, uh, and it looks at the, the threat of whatever we're going to, who's exposed to it, the necessity for us to respond, and then from that we um, we decide how um, how we how we best to respond. So it's a it's an assessment that each officer would do at the time, um, based on the information that's that's provided um, to them. Uh, for example, if it's a a one 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 call, they'd be looking at what's happening, um, who's involved. Um, you know, who's exposed to the, the threat, whatever that is, and then how quickly do we need to get there? You know, if, okay. do we need to get there urgently or if we go at normal road speed, is it going to be any worse off? Um, well, then we can go at that normal Got road it. speed. Someone asked, is there an age limit for the police? I'm 57, but I feel I have a lot to offer, at least for another decade. I couldn't tell you an upper age limit. Um I don't believe that's too old. Um, there's certainly, like I mentioned earlier, 52 was um, the oldest on my wing, and I know there has been older um, because, as you call a, as your um, your listeners mentioned, they've still got plenty to give. Yeah, confirmed. Uh, I'm, I found on the website there is no upper age limit, and actually you can apply from 17 um, years old and 18 when you start at college. Yeah. So yeah, the new cops website's a great um, place to check for all that information. And there's there's a new podcast offbeat that's advertised there that looks at a few of the um, oh, yeah. the roles within the job. So for anyone interested in, in joining, that's a really cool place to to get some information, uh, not only on joining but also on some of the the career paths within the organisation. What was your best day on the job? Um. I think, and it's 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 a weird one to pick as as best day. So so bear with me. Uh, and it's probably not best, but it's probably most meaningful. Um, after the Christchurch terror attacks, mm. I went down to Christchurch for three weeks, and you know, obviously something horrific out of comparison that happened. But I was just blown away by the love. Uh, and especially from the Muslim community, um, you know, I was approached by these people that were victims in the attack, and they were thanking me for being there. And I'm going, hang on, I'm, I'm here just 
standing here. You know, I've, I'm obviously doing what I'm here to do is, is public reassurance and things like that. But it was just incredible to see that love and to interact with these people who had this unbelievable experience. Um, and I, so police officers obviously carry around a notebook. Um, I got given a, a handmade card um, on that day or on one of the days that I was down there uh, from, uh, let me bring it out, from Isla from Templeton Primary School. And I still keep that in my, my notebook. So mm. whenever I go out on the street, I've got that um, handwritten thank you police card um, that, that goes everywhere with me. And, and that, you know, so what may have been seen as a fairly small gesture um, at the time, that kind of thing, thing has, has meant the absolute world to me in my career. Have you had to look after your mental health over the years, given what you deal with on a daily basis? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've certainly seen some some horrific things, um, and you know, looking after that mental health is is really important. Um, I've been fairly lucky uh, that I'm I've been fairly resilient through it, but I can certainly um, tell that I've you know been affected over the years. Um, so for me, it's been um, exercise. It's been social with with people and being able to have people that I can talk to um, about what I've what I've gone through. Um, the police has been good for me. Where uh, I deployed overseas, and when we came back, we we had to go to a psychologist um, just as a, a routine check, and it was nice having someone. You know, removed from my friends that I could just I'm open sure. up with. So it's something that I've, um, you know, been really, really big with my teams and the people that I've worked with, encouraging um, that kind of thing, even just as a, a mental health checkup yeah. periodically, just, you know, because it is, it is such a thing that it can um, hit you out of nowhere from, you know, without, without any warning. Um, Especially with with the stuff that um, some of our teams deal with, so yeah, it is it is something that I've um, watched for years, and I I'm the first to admit um, years ago I was kind of I think a bit of a Kiwi mentality of ah oh, she'll be right, um, but you know as time gone has gone by I've I've learned to a little bit more, and yeah hugely support people actually looking after themselves. Um, their mental health just R as much as they do with uh, their physical health. R Richard's got in touch. He says, late at night I got a $150 ticket for going through an orange light. At the same lights in rush hour every morning, many cars go through the orange light. I should have been given a warning. The cop just seemed like he wanted to give someone a ticket and it tarnished my view of the police. Do cops get guidance around this? Um, I mean, it's a, it's a changing landscape there's we don't have the um the quotas of old so that kind of thing's a, a thing of the past um we we have we have certain things that we that we look at most uh, importantly which is those uh, restraints impairments distractions and speed offending from that um there are other really high risk behaviours and one of those is is around intersections. So intersections is something that is um, 
really important to us because, you know, again, it, it does cause a lot of um, harm around them. Police do have discretion uh, to, an, you know, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that any cops would be out looking to give a ticket for a ticket's sake as such. Um, you know, we, we want to make our community safer. Um, but I can certainly understand that most people's only interaction with police is, is you know, at a traffic stop. Um, and unfortunately, when, when your bank... Uh, Get, when your bank account gets hit, um, it often isn't the nicest feeling. Um, so I certainly understand what uh, what your listener is saying there. Okay. Um, we're almost out of time. Have you ever had to break down a door? I have. I have done it a, once or twice. Um, not like the movies. Not <laughs> uh, not glamorous at all. No. And uh, not, not in any exciting situations. Okay. Um, takes but more yes, than one big the, kick, does it? It does indeed. And if you don't do it right, your, uh, your, your big kick can become a, uh, a long-time injury. So <laughs> uh, we often have, have certain tools for it. Senior Sergeant Nathan Snell, really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. No worries. Lovely to talk to you. Have a great day. You too. Nathan was our expert for Monday talking about life in the police.